The second season of El Flow is here. Step into the ever-evolving world of reggaeton and get up close with both legendary figures and emerging talents in the industry. Part of the enormous significance of reggaeton is really the way in which personal narratives connect to larger things going on historically and socially. Listen to El Flow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but for some reason, they just won't go to sleep. And for this reason, I created the podcast Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. Join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. It's hour two. It is a Wednesday. We're live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. We, we, we did this about 40 minutes ago, is that it's not too early to think about the NFL draft because the difference between the haves and the have-nots in this league has never been greater. In fact, I don't remember ever a time we were halfway through the league and virtually... Every division that we said we picked the winner, either our team's leading. I mean, we basically picked 12 of the 14 playoff teams currently, and it's not because I'm a wizard. It's because the league has become so quarterback-centric. Just take the best quarterbacks in the division. They're going to win the division or be the wild card team. There's almost no exceptions. Uh, exception. So now that the Chargers look like they've righted the ship and will finish second in that division, it's Mahomes and Herbert. It's Tua and Allen. It's going to eventually be Lamar and Joe Burrow. Uh, It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be Jalen Hurts and Dak. It's going to be Jared Goff. It's going to be Derek Carr. And then Seattle and San Francisco, I don't have to love either quarterback, but because Stafford's in the middle of a rebuild and he's the best quarterback, he probably doesn't win the division. But if you look at the teams in the mock draft today at the top of it, what I think is interesting is Arizona's number one. But with Kyler Murray coming back and some real winnable games, Atlanta, the Bears, the Rams, the Texans, I like C.J. Stroud, but he's a rookie. My guess is Arizona plays their way out of the number one slot. And the Bears via Carolina, um, the Bears have the third pick. That second pick is Carolina. Carolina's not going to win a lot of games, but they do play in the weaker NFC and a weaker division. So I think the teams, I think the Bears are going to win some games because the coach wants to, the GM wants to, and the quarterback wants to. So Chicago will have the number three pick. I think 
That second pick, Carolina. Frank Reich wants to win games. Bryce Young wants to win games. It's a bad division. I think they'll win games. Keep your eye on the 2-7 and seven Giants and the 2-7 and seven Patriots. Now, they play, but if the Giants are going to use their third-string quarterback, I can look at all these teams here. The Giants are the only team because Mara, the owner, forced them to sign Daniel Jones. So he's not going to fire the GM and the coach if they're lousy. And they end up with a top pick. Keep your eye on the New York Giants. Everybody in the room knows they need a better quarterback. And nobody has to win to retain their job. Brian Dable's not getting fired. And either is the GM. They're not getting fired. You can argue Belichick, according to Ian Rappaport's story, isn't getting fired either. But if you look at their schedule, I think if they played the Giants, they'd beat them. So that's another win. Everybody else beyond that, Jordan Love doesn't want to lose games. Right? Will Levis doesn't want to lose games. Those teams are fighting like mad to get W's. Giants, watch the Jets blow their opportunity for Trevor Lawrence. Remember, they were 0-13, won a meaningless game, and then another at the end of the year, they got Zach Wilson. They could have had Trevor Lawrence. Would you rather be Jacksonville or the Jets today? I think the Giants are well aware of that. Everybody in the building is safe if they lose every game out. Giants get Caleb Williams or Drake May. Harrison's a great receiver, but you would take the quarterback. Somebody will move up to get the quarterback over the receiver. And with that, Joel Klatt's seen them all. He joins us now live, Fox Sports College football analyst. Also, by the way, an NFL draft analyst. Yeah, there we go. I love it. <laughs> so let, Never let, too early. Let, let's address this, is that the draft is about traits. Okay. I mean, Mahomes didn't have a winning record. I, I'm pushing back a little, but I don't even want to get into the arguments. The top two picks are going to be the two quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay. I would say. And I think even though Caleb's been dinged a little, Mm -hmm. maybe he's not Elway or Luck as a prospect, I still contend he's the number one pick. Well, he he just does so many things well. And and we we haven't... Listen, we've we've never seen a quarterback that is excellent in what I would categorize as all five categories. You know, so he, he can control the game from the pocket. You know, and he and he he can control the game with his mind. Those are two. He's got the requisite arm, clearly. Yeah. Um, he can create outside of the pocket when things break down, and he's a threat with his legs. He's the only guy that that I have covered in college football that is excellent in all five categories. Wow. I mean, there's. I mean, you go back to college, Pat Mahomes. There were serious questions about Pat Mahomes coming out of Texas Tech, namely that no one from that offense had succeeded before. That's right. I've told you the Gruden story, right? No. So the, it's the Philadelphia draft, and and I'm there, and I go down in the morning and and just to grab some breakfast, and Gruden's sitting in the corner, and he's like, "Hey, hey, Clat." I had never met him. That's he just good. yells out, "Hey, Clat," he and sounds. I'm like, I'm like looking behind me. I'm like, "Is he talking about me?" And he's like, "Come on over here, man." And I'm like, okay. So I sit down with, with Gruden, and he's like, hey, what do you think about Mahomes? And I'm like, and so I, I just rattle off, well, the offense this, and I don't know, and we've never seen anybody from this offense succeed, and the air raid, and ah, I just don't know. This was my take back then. What, what a ridiculous take in hindsight, but that's my take. And I, and I say it to him, and he's eating scrambled eggs, and he looks at me, and he raises an eyebrow, and he's like, you know, all of us that ever touched Favre, that's what we see. And he goes, Andy's taking him tonight. And, and this Caleb Williams draft 
he's the first one since Mahomes that you can you can project those style of traits into the league, and we see how those traits now not only accentuate your team and your roster, but excel at the top end of the sport. So listen, like Caleb for me is still the best quarterback in the draft because of all of those things. Yeah, that's a great story, by the way. Appreciate that. Yeah, but you bet. All right. Um, <laughs> so I watched the. Um, we'll get to Michigan in a second because that's the game of the weekend. I watched the Texas game. Yeah. And uh, it would be very easy. It was classic Sark. I love so much about it. And then they're kicking the ball and turning the ball over. Yeah. I'm like, Sark. Um, and so today I feel like I'm right on Sark. Okay. But what, what's I, it about what? Well, I've been pro Sark forever. Sure. Okay. And then I watch him almost butcher that thing and i'm like god he drives it. i've never loved a coach and it simultaneously drove me nuts you did the game what do you make of texas sark sure is it just possible that sark is sark no matter how great his personnel is and he's going to win 10 games from this point forward at texas because the dude can recruit and coach well he's he's never won 10 games as a head coach oh he hasn't no um wow not in his career not saying that he's not going to this year. Here's what I would say is that that game was not about Sark or mismanagement or anything along those lines. It was about a backup quarterback that the game goes too fast for him. And once he's out of rhythm, yeah. it's over. It's a, there's no getting it back. Texas was the better team at the line of scrimmage. They they were in a lot of ways, you know, well-coached, got turnovers. They did everything right. They were attacking early, but as soon as Malik Murphy lost his confidence, the offense lost its way. And a lot of that is due to Kansas State, by the way. Kansas State is still a really good team. They got a lot and of Chris Kleiman, starters. Yeah. yeah, and Chris Kleiman is still a, a very good coach. But to me, it was about a quarterback. So if Quinn Ewers can get back and become healthy, they are Texas still. And 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 that alleviates a lot of this. I don't think it was mismanagement from Sark that allowed Kansas State to get back in that game. I think it's it's looking out there and all of a sudden your quarterback is throwing the football to them and you're turning the ball over and then you just got to hang on at the end. The one thing I do know about the top end of this sport is that if you can't play at the line of scrimmage, you're not going to win at the top end. And they can play at the line of scrimmage. Their O-line is very good. Yeah. And more importantly, their defensive line and the interior of their defensive line might be the best in the country. Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy are their two tackles inside. Yeah, yeah. Can't run on them. Can't run on them. Ask Alabama. Yeah. Like so that D line is going to mask a lot of those things. So it's interesting. I was asking J Mac, does Michigan unfocused all these allegations hmm. go out and just sort of get engulfed by the last 14 days? Or are they inspired? I have a feeling with Harbaugh, it'll be us against the world, play inspired football. It is an advantage that it's afternoon and not night. That's probably worth a field goal in your favor if you're probably. Michigan. So J.J. McCarthy's, I think he's 21-1 and one since he started. And I've made this argument in defense of Harbaugh, mm -hmm. is that when he got the San Diego quarterback, Luck Kaepernick, and J.J. McCarthy, his teams always win. They become dominant and devastating. Yes, and, and this is so... Okay. But, so my let's, point let's, is, the what's going to happen question. to them Saturday? Yeah, the focus question. Let's let's talk about that first. Um, this is this is a different style of distraction because the distraction is actually a question of the players. Can you do this without this advantage? Right. 
And so it is going to be a galvanizing factor, and we've seen that play out. Their last two games, remember, this has not just been like, oh, what's it going to be this week? I get it, these weren't great teams, but they've played Michigan State and they've played Purdue. Guess what they did to both of those teams? Exactly what they've done to everybody else and then some. You talk with coaches around the league, this is still the best defense in the league. J.J. McCarthy is playing at the highest level in the league. This is a really, really good team, and I believe that this is going to focus them more onto the field and not be a distraction off the field. Because basically what everybody is saying is the only reason you're winning is cheating, and it'll tick the players off A 100%. Do you like McCarthy? I love McCarthy. Now, J-Mac literally six months ago said, top 5-10 pick, and I thought he was nuts. Is he? Um, Yes, he's playing his way into that that mold for sure. J.J. McCarthy has transformed what Michigan is. No one talks about this because we just think of Harbaugh and the, and the length of, of time that we've seen him use the same style of football, which is ground and pound, tight ends, power, gap scheme, run the ball. Well, they're totally different and have evolved tremendously from last year even to this year. Last year, they were in the top 10 in rushing yards per carry, and they were 20, I think, 7th in the country in passing yards per attempt. That's flipped this year, Colin. They're a dominant passing team and just an okay running team. The deal is is that J.J. McCarthy, the tight ends that they have, the versatility that those tight ends have, they're able to throw the ball with more explosiveness than most teams in college football. And McCarthy is actually playing at an incredibly elite level. It wouldn't shock me at all if he plays himself into the top 10 or that conversation because he's doing things on the field this year that are just, that are just different. You know, and, and let me give you a quick example rather than just saying a generalization. Quick example. All right, so there, there's a comp, uh, let's just say a, a concept called smash. Okay, so smash is a concept where you got a flat control like a hitch and a corner route over the top. Yeah. In previous years, JJ would look at that and kind of read both of them. It's like, nah, which one do I want to throw to? And he he was I indecisive. I he used to hold the ball too long. And because of that, he he held the ball too long. You're exactly right. This year, he's much more decisive in that if number one is open. Bang! He gets the ball. So if the hitch is open, boom, one, two, three, ball out. If he's not, he's already read number one, which means the corner comes down, which means the corner above him is open, right? The corner route is open. Then he gets the ball. That decisiveness allows him to play within the schematics much better. And then and then he's athletic enough where he can take the offense above the X's and O's. So even when the defense does everything right, he manipulates the pocket, similar to Caleb Williams, gets outside of the pocket, and all of a sudden creates a big play. And yet the defense has done everything right. So he's one of the rare players that is really efficient within the concepts of the offense and can take the offense above the X's and O's. Uh, For the record, a couple of weeks ago, you and I on an island defending Harbaugh And uh, the argument I have made is that everybody is speeding on this signs freeway. Jim's probably going a little aggressively fast, but everybody's going over the speed limit. Stories out today that that Rutgers, Purdue, Ohio Mm -hmm. State, somebody was feeding somebody signals, Michigan signals, and so much of this stuff. There's a lot of people that I really respect in the industry of college football talking about it. So it was very anti-Harbaugh. Over the last 36 hours, there's been, oh, looks like somebody else had signals against Harbaugh. Where are you with it today? You're feeling about where this thing's going. Well, I, I just want to categorize. I, I, I have never defended Michigan. I have defended the process. And, and, and I've been an ardent defender that Tony Petiti and the Big Ten should not circumvent the process. And the process being gather evidence, all of it, 
deliver the evidence to those accused, and then make a judgment afterwards. And if that process is followed, if rules were broken, then people should be punished. And I'm, I'm here to say that if rules were broken, they should be punished. And it looks like rules were broken. The hard part is, is that if you rush ahead of the process and you allow mob mentality oh, yeah. to force you into action, if you're Tony Petiti, you're setting a very dangerous precedent. Because if you're not acting on facts, then all you're going to do is invite that type of mom mentality over and over and over Which, again. Which, by the way, college football has always struggled with. It's, always it's struggled the with. The most fanatical fan bases got a plaque on the wall. Yes. You go to the games. It's Even in the NFL, you'll bail on a team or a coach. That plaque on the wall creates a loyalty and a tribalism that is sometimes seedy. It sometimes is over the top. I just, I just feel like our culture can... Um, in a lot of ways, confuse patience with apathy. And just because there hasn't been action doesn't mean those in charge are apathetic to what happened. It just means that they're trying to gather evidence. And, and by the way, the new news is exactly why you don't allow a mob or the angriness of the, the, the victims to force you into action. If Tony Petiti would have done something rash last week and then this news comes out, then he's got to do something rash to those people. So all of a sudden, you're putting yourself in a predicament where you're having to suspend everybody. Right, and, and I don't think that's where he wants to be. So he needs to make sure that he's following the process, that he's got the right backing from the right presidents on the, on the joint committee that they have in, in enforcement. And quite frankly, the Big Ten shouldn't want to be involved in quote-unquote governance. That's the NCAA's job. And there's a big reason why we're in this mess to begin with. Right. That reason is, is that the NCAA has basically abjugated their responsibility to govern the sport in any sort of meaningful manner. Yeah. So what happens is when there is a victim of, let's say, sign stealing, those people want action now. So what do they do? They go to the one area where they think they can get that action now, which is the conference, yeah. even though it's not really within the conference's purview, in particular within the season. Now, I'm not suggesting that he shouldn't be punished or other people shouldn't be punished. All I'm saying is that the process has to run its course. Gather every bit of evidence that is available on all sides. Deliver it to those accused. Let's, let's have a little bit of due process here because, again, patience is not apathy, and I think we get it confused a lot in our culture. Michigan at Penn State, my feeling is uh, that young quarterback, Drew Aller for Penn State, yeah. will realize very quickly this defense has a lot of Sunday players, and mm. he'll be limited. I don't think Penn State will move the ball with a great deal of regularity in this game. That is my take. Uh, but I think it'll be a very competitive game. J-Mac said 31-17-ish. That feels about 31-13 to me. Home teams usually you know, the play. line's only four and a half. Well, yeah, I know, but I think Michigan's going to win comfortably. I, I do think it's, it's interesting because we saw Penn State in a game yeah. against a really good team just a couple of weeks ago against Ohio State. Yeah. And let's face it, like, they failed. Oh, yeah, badly. There, there was no creativity on offense. Yeah. They couldn't run the ball. Even the, the late touchdown, it wasn't even as close as the score indicated. Now, their defense is very good, but what they did is they went back to the drawing board offensively, and they tried to fix some things. So, for instance, last week, yeah. early in the game, they were throwing the ball down the field, trying mm -hmm. to soften up the defense. It allowed the run game to get going a little bit, and then Drew Aller ended up having his best game of his career. Yeah, but that wasn't Michigan. I'm, I understand that, but yeah, I am saying, yeah. like, I, I do think that they have, from a schematic standpoint and a game plan standpoint, 
understood the error of their ways in the Ohio State game, and I would expect them to be much more aggressive, in particular at home. But I do like Michigan's defense is is incredibly difficult to face, and and I don't I don't care whether they know whether they don't know. It's just it's the best defense in the conference, and so it's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding for Penn State. All right, college football rankings. I don't know why anybody gets worked up. <laughs> Clatt's top ten is closer to mine, which is Michigan, Georgia, the top two teams. I think Oregon's third, not Ohio State, but Ohio State's undefeated. So I understand the college football rankings. Yeah, and I understand those. If you're just asking me who the best teams are, I think it's Michigan one, Georgia two. I'd put Oregon three. Then I'd probably go Ohio State, Washington, Florida State. I, the rest of it I'm not bothered by. Sure. Um, I don't think this is a great Georgia team. I think it's a good Georgia team. I think it's a great Michigan team. I will say this. I watched um, Washington USC. Yeah. We got into some discussion about this. So, J.J. McCarthy was not considered like a, a high first-round quarterback entering the season. Not sure Bo Nix was. Now they're both there. Michael Penix, I think, was. I have watched him now seven to eight times closely. Yep. I watched him against USC. Uh, he's had injuries. I think he's a bigger Tua. That's what I've been told, and that's what I think is true. A big left-hander, more physical, capable of seeing over the line, standing in the pocket, taking shots. When you look at, you've seen McCarthy, yep. Penix, Drake May, Caleb. If I said to you, give me your third, being that Caleb and Drake May are one and two, are they with you? Yes. Okay, who is, you've seen them all. I watch Penix, and he's my third, but there's McCarthy, there's Bo Nix, there's the kid at Florida State. If you, if I said today you're my, a GM. My, yeah, my third now is McCarthy after the way he's wow. played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow, again, look at J-Mac. The, the, the tape, tape doesn't lie, right? Film doesn't lie. And not that the other kids aren't really good. Penix is, is very good. He would have been my third, but McCarthy has kind of played himself up there because of, of, of McCarthy's he moves well versatility too. with yeah. his legs, yeah. his, his threat with his legs, and his creativity once the play breaks down. Penix is a wonderful passer of the football. Yeah. He understands leverage. He's accurate. And in that sense, I think that your comparison is 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 accurate. It was somebody else's that gave it to me, but I steal it occasionally. That's fine. You, yeah. you know, you can steal it and, yeah, and use yeah. it on it's your show. It's, that's right. it's called the herd. It's called the herd, not that, sources told That's the right. Herd. It's it's not called sources. Um <laughs> I love the way that he can throw the ball downfield and still be super accurate, in particular with leverage. And that's not something that I would say Tua is great at. Yeah. Tua is really good on the intermediate stuff. Yeah. Penix can take that and take it a step further. Yeah, he's a bigger, stronger Tua. He's, he's a bitter, bit, bit of a bigger thrower. And, and again, he excels passing the football. And then Nix is a guy. Here's what I love about Bo Nix. He's going to wind up getting taken by a team that doesn't need him Rams, right away. Rams. Like a Rams. And then all of a sudden, we're going to look up in three years and be like, oh my gosh, Bo Nix is, is really good. He's about to start his 57th game. He's playing the best of his life. He makes great decisions quickly. He, he owns there, the entire the way, field. A word you, you I've seen him twice live. Incredibly decisive. Yes. Never a pause. Goes back, looks, boom. Look, I mean, he never... I mean, if he surveys the field, once he makes his mind up, there's no pause. Very decisive guy. What I've seen from him in his, in his last, let's call it, 15 starts of his career, which, by the way, he's played so much. Think of, the, think of having an extra year of anything in your life. Like, if you could go back and redo any situation in your life, 
You know, wouldn't you like you would take that opportunity? This guy basically has an extra year of college football. Now, some people see that as a negative. No, it's the Hendon Hooker. You're the old guy dominating. No. Stetson Bennett. I heard that. No. Okay. No, 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 no. Experience at this position in particular should always be valued. I've brought this up before on this. If you look at the Super Bowl winning quarterback since Brady won his first Super Bowl. Of all the guys that have won Super Bowls, their average college career is long, and they're experienced guys. In fact, what you don't want is the guys that come out after one year, and you don't know, and it's like, well, they're really talented. Fine, but they haven't played. You know, it's interesting. Nick's seen it. You know, I, I was telling a friend about this when USC lost this weekend. I said... You don't care because you're a USC fan. This is the best thing that's ever happened to Caleb because this is the NFL. Well, you, you literally are in your defense doesn't save you because nobody can right. stop anybody in the NFL if you have a good quarterback and a good coach. And I'm like, would it have been great if Caleb just ran through Tulane and ran through Utah? It's like, no, this is called the NFL. You lose close games at home yep. all the time and you're highly emotional. And then the next day, I have to watch film and get ready for the next team. The, the one thing Caleb's going to have to do, and this is where he's actually regressed this year. Where, where, need, where? It is he tries to do too much. Oh, hero ball's there. Hero ball is there, and, yeah. and he can't do that at the next level. Again, why is J.J. McCarthy taking the next step? What's making Bo Nix so good? Why is Michael Penix succeeding and playing so efficient? Is because you've got to play within the offense first yeah. before you can take the offense to another level. So... If you're reading out a concept and number one is open, give him the ball now. But but let me defend Caleb. It's hard not to play hero ball when you're the hero. I understand. Tom that. Cruise plays a hero in the movie because Tom Cruise is an American hero. Sometimes you have to be a hero on a team that needs a hero because they play no defense. There's a reason that's a movie and not real life. All right, <laughs> it's not about the pilot in the box. Sorry, Tom. Like you know, the F-15 is just not going to beat the F-35. It just doesn't do that. Right. You've got to play within the offense first. You know, that metaphor was a little off. I wanted to see if you were watching. I was watching. I was in it. I was, I was there with you. It is hard when your defense gives up 40 to Cal. Understandable. Yeah. Understandable. I, I would kind of think, I've got to be a hero again. That's the game that drove you nuts as an FC. It's not losing to Washington. It's not losing to Utah. But there's it's a difference. struggling like, with Cal. I, you know, you always make analogies. Right. Like, if you're, if you're running the Daytona 500, yeah. you don't try to make a pass on the first lap and, like, crash yourself into the wall. Yeah. Right, like that was he got to run Dame. the race, and then at there is a moment where he's going to have to be the hero. There's no doubt, okay. But but Bruce Wayne isn't Batman all the time. Like at, you got to go make the money so you can fund your endeavor. Man, we're just throwing out these are just like analogies all over the place, yeah. aren't we? J Mac, you ready for that? You're not even ready for that. You weren't ready for Batman. Today. Did you really mention? Mentioned Bruce Wayne just a moment ago. Yeah, yeah. Isn't wow. that was that his? Isn't that Batman? Well, no. I think his point was that there are times and places for even greatness, like Mahomes. The great gift of Mahomes that he has the ability and self awareness to know he only needs to be great about four times. And by the way, there are games he tries it eight times, and it doesn't throws work. a pick, and Andy pulls him back in. That's right. Jordan's games. I mean, I watched so much Jordan. We all did. But three times Jordan would be like, okay. There's, there's beads of sweat in his head, and there's steam coming off. Michael's going in MJ mode. But 24 of his points were mid-range jumpers. Michael so, knew his first quarter. That's right. Play and, within and, the framework of the game. And remember, remember, great players are already better than everybody on the field. So within the structure of the game, they're already better than everybody else. Okay, within the structure. The difference is, is that great players realize the moment that greatness is required and they'll go there 
And the players that desperately want to be great try to go there all too often or, or way too often. And that generally ends up hurting people. And that's what Caleb's doing right now. If, yeah. if I was Caleb's coach right now, I would, I would just be screaming over and over just, just run the offense. Yeah. And, and the great plays will materialize yeah. because of you. Yeah. Like they will materialize because of you, but you've got to allow them to happen versus making them happen. Good stuff, Clat. Excellent work. Hey, when you. are you leaving for uh, that place uh, down tomorrow. the boonies? Yeah, tomorrow. I'll, I'll, I'll leave here on, on Thursday. Do you fly to Philadelphia and then uh, hitchhike? Yeah, some of us on this stage, J-Mac and I, fly commercial. Yeah. So I will yeah. I will be connecting. I think I connect in Chicago. Yeah. I believe so. I'll see you in Chicago, everybody. Row 27 Southwest Airlines. You'll find me every weekend. That's a lie. Looking to save money this holiday season? I am. Hello Fresh's recipes are cheaper than takeout. Pre-portioned ingredients, doorstep delivery. You'll save time too. Right now, free breakfast for life per box while subscription is active. One breakfast item. Go to herdfree at hellofresh.com/herdfree. I have a great parlay for you this weekend thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, please use the code herd h e r d when you download the app. Takes a couple of minutes. Now for my parlay picks of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. I'll take Lions minus two and a half at the Chargers. You know the Chargers don't have much of a home field advantage, and I think the Lions' excellent offensive line can hold off the Chargers' pass rush. I'll take the Cardinals at home plus one and a half against Atlanta. Kyler Murray returns. He wouldn't return unless he was ready to play. I'll take the Cowboys minus 16. I know, weird, right? I hate big favorites. The Giants' offense, though, currently with this quarterback, is the worst I've seen in the NFL in years. If you want to take the herd, parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, please use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The second season of El Flow is here. Available como a ti te guste, in both English and Spanish. This season, we dive deeper into the vibrant world of reggaeton. Featuring interviews with both reggaeton legends and exciting new talents. He's the undisputed king of reggaeton, no doubt. And he's been cited as an inspiration by multiple Latin stars, including J Balvin, Bad Bunny, Osuna, Anti Natasha. Explore the evolution of this dynamic genre and what makes it resonate globally. 
how you consume reggaeton, how you share and distribute reggaeton. Those are all an important part of the story. It's the way that the people are experiencing reggaeton along with the musicians. Listen to El Flow as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but with all that anxious energy, they just won't go to sleep. This was my kids every night. But I did find that stories calmed their mind and gave them something to focus on. So six years ago, I created the kids' podcast, Bedtime History, to help solve that problem. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. We have episodes about Jackie Robinson, Neil Armstrong, Maya Angelou, and Sacagawea. Episodes also include topics like space exploration, engineering, the rise and fall of civilizations, and major events like the Civil Rights Movement and the Transcontinental Railroad. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. This week, join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good stuff. Great to have you back. Went a little long with Joel Clapp, but the Michigan stuff is uh, very noteworthy, uh, obviously. The, the one thing about the Michigan story, and I've said before, is I, you know, Michigan's going to get in some trouble. I don't doubt that. I think the, the Big Ten's going to slap them on the wrist. And then I think the NCAA, which is may not even exist in two years, will bring down probably some pretty punitive stuff. W- one of the things that people are talking about is that, well, the information came from Ohio State or where it came. And, and by the way, there's so much information out there about this Michigan story. Half of it's not even out from what I've been told. There's like three or four big bombs that are going to come out. But here's the other thing that I do think about. And I, uh, when everybody points at Ohio State and all these other schools, it's not beyond the realm of possibility if you think of how big Michigan's athletic department is. How do we know this didn't come from Michigan's athletic department? Did Harbaugh rub somebody the wrong way? He's got a big polarizing personality. Did somebody in the family know what was going on and think, I don't don't think this is right. I think what you're going to find with this Michigan thing, be careful, and this happens in politics, there's a ton of misinformation out there every day. And so my takeaway has always been, everybody's sign stealing. It looks like Michigan went above and beyond it. Right, like instead of speeding 75 in the freeway, they're going 95 in a Maserati, and it's ticked everybody off. But there's this immediate accusation, of course, that it comes from Ohio State. And my takeaway is there's no absolute proof of that. And secondly, how do you know it doesn't come from Michigan? These athletic departments are massive. You have lifers in the athletic department. They don't always, not everybody at Alabama loves Saban. Saban's making all this money. They're not. Saban can be brusque and difficult and Harbaugh's polarized. You don't know if some middle-level staffer knew something was going on and didn't like it and said, I'm going to make a phone call. You don't know that. These college football coaches are very authoritarian. They're powerful. They're wealthy. Uh, the richest people in the state, you know, in terms of salary uh, as state employees. So... First of all, there's a lot of misinformation on this story, but there's also misinformation on who turned in Michigan. And my takeaway is we don't know yet. I've, hear, I've heard a million things about Ohio State and a cousin of this coach, and I'm like, eh, that sounds like Reddit board stuff. 
you don't know it didn't come from Michigan. Whenever you, you remember, whenever you have a story like this, it doesn't matter if it's a Mel Tucker, it's a Jim Harbaugh, it was Tattoo Gate. There's always this perception that comes from outside. These are massive athletic departments, and all it takes is one employee that says, hey, this isn't right. I've been here for 27 years. This isn't right. These coaches, when they walk down the hallways, not everybody admires and loves them. And that's nothing against the coach. It's the reality of envy. So I don't know how this is going to turn out. Michigan's absolutely going to get punished by, you know, the Big Ten. They're going to get punished, absolutely. There's just too much pressure on Tony Petit, the, the, the Big Ten commish. And then the NCAA is going to step in, too. Uh, you know, I, I think the Big Ten thing, they can get an injunction and push it down the road. But um, everybody's absolutely sure when somebody gets in trouble, well, it's the rival that turned them in. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I'm going to take a break. J-Mac with Herdline News next. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The second season of El Flow is here. Available como a ti te guste, in both English and Spanish. This season, we dive deeper into the vibrant world of reggaeton, featuring interviews with both reggaeton legends and exciting new talents. He's the undisputed king of reggaeton, no doubt. And he's been cited as an inspiration by multiple Latin stars, including J Balvin, Bad Bunny, Osuna, Anti Natasha. Explore the evolution of this dynamic genre and what makes it resonate globally. How you consume reggaeton, how you share and distribute reggaeton, those are all an important part of the story. It's the way that the people are experiencing reggaeton along with the musicians. Listen to El Flow as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. 
You know they're tired, but with all that anxious energy, they just won't go to sleep. This was my kids every night. But I did find that stories calmed their mind and gave them something to focus on. So six years ago, I created the kids' podcast, Bedtime History, to help solve that problem. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. We have episodes about Jackie Robinson, Neil Armstrong, Maya Angelou, and Sacagawea. Episodes also include topics like space exploration, engineering, the rise and fall of civilizations, and major events like the Civil Rights Movement and the Transcontinental Railroad. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. This week, join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two forces collide on Big Noon Saturday on Fox as J.J. McCarthy and third-ranked Michigan battle 10th-ranked Penn State. It all starts with Big Noon kickoff live from Happy Valley at 10 a.m. Eastern. Then it's Michigan, Penn State, all on Fox. All right, J-Mac, without further ado, with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. It's not great. Um, Jamar Chase is dealing with a back issue. He suffered it late in the win against Buffalo. He did finish the game, but his status for this week, Colin, Jamar Chase may not play. Now, it's still only Wednesday. We'll see what the practice report says today and tomorrow. Um... This is a bit of a sandwich spot. The Buffalo game was massive, right? Uh, Texans are the play. Well, the money is coming in on the Texans. It was seven, now six and a half on the Chase News. Um, But this is a non-divisional game. Next week, they have the Ravens in a massive game that they need to win. The Ravens won the first meeting. The the line was at seven yesterday, and I thought it was one of the better underdog picks of the week. Now, at six and a half, it doesn't feel quite that. I think the Texans are the play. You, it is classic, massive emotional game, done, huge rivalry, game of the year in that division next, and the Texans are capable of moving the ball. True. Uh, I just remember the Texans, they were at home against Tampa, okay? The week before on the road, what'd they do? Laid an egg in Carolina. Um, just away from home, rookie quarterback. The, the, the Cincinnati defense is a major step yes. up from the Tampa yes. garbage unit. Um, but it's seven. Don't you think it's a good... I, well, the problem is no Jamar, no Jamar Chase. Like, what, who's That's the guy? T. Higgins? He did have a great game last week. And we know the Texans defense secondary can be had. Um, you know, sometimes we say we don't want to get in front of a train. Like, here's a train that's coming. Get the hell out of the way. Yeah, Burrow and the, the Bengals. The are a train right now. Like, yeah. they're starting to look awesome. So, I don't know that I... This is a tough week. Usually I have a lot of bets fired. I think I only have like three or four. I have two that I like. Detroit. Detroit. Oh, minus man. two. Minus two and a half against the Chargers is my favorite play. Well, Montgomery's back. You see that? The running back? So now him and Gibbs? Yeah. Offensive so line fully healthy? Play. That's my favorite play of the week is Detroit minus two and a half. Chargers out east. Travel back. A day less prep. I'll take Detroit. Interesting. Uh, all right. Next story. Buffalo Bills have lost three of their last five. Two wins were close ones. I mean, they lost to Mac Jones? Like, Colin, that's a bad L. Sunday, uh, McDermott, uh, sorry, Sean McDermott, admitted the inconsistency has been a major issue for Buffalo. Just too inconsistent overall. Not enough complimentary football. Turned the ball over twice. Um, I thought the defense got off to a slow start in the first drive in particular. There's just too much inconsistencies um, in, in the kicking game. 
um, as well as the uh, just the offense overall. Um, um, some good some good plays, and then just but not not enough of them. So um, that can't happen, right? I mean, against a good football team that scores that's known for scoring points. Mm-hmm. I, I keep thinking. They're going to circle the wagons in Buffalo, and this is the week the Bills will look great. I've been waiting for that for about a month. I think this is just what they are. They're well, the in- line is weird. Seven and a half against Denver? Like, Buffalo, how are they linked seven and a half against anybody? I know. I think I think all of us, as Nick Wright pointed out, we're all overvaluing Buffalo's talent. Great quarterback, great receiver. They have a safety, I think, is a top-flight guy. They got a couple of guys in the defensive front I like, but I think we've overvalued their talent. Okay, let's talk for a second about Josh Allen. I saw one of these advanced stat guys put out something that's saying, why isn't Josh Allen getting MVP consideration? Okay? He's number one in the NFL in QBR. He's completing 71% of his passes, and it's not dink and dunk. 7.5 yards per attempt. PFF has him as the top-graded quarterback this season. Um, Well, This advanced stat called EPA, expected points added. He's number two. And another advanced stat has him first, and we're not talking about Josh Allen. Well, I, I look at the numbers, I was like, I didn't think he'd been that good, but Colin. I think a lot of it is you have to win games. We like our MVPs to be on surging teams. So I think he's being punished for the organization, which I, by the way, mm. that, you know, I, and I, you know, I think you can go back and look at quarterbacks through, like Phillip Rivers, was he punished by the organization? Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers had very similar careers. One had Tom Coughlin. You know, one had considered at the time a very well-run organization. I don't know if the Giants, maybe it was just Eli Manning and not the organization. But I think I think he's a bit of a victim of things around him. Well, Ken Dorsey's getting a lot of blame, and it's like, whoa, why are we blaming Dorsey when Allen's one of the best quarterbacks in the league? I did look at this. Now, Allen has an interception in five straight games. Yeah. Um, but one interesting thing, so longest pass. You think of the Bills and Josh Allen as Chuck and Duck, Gabe Davis deep, Stephon Diggs. They haven't had a 40-yard completion in the last four games. And their PFF ranks their offensive line as the best they've had in a while. So the O-line is actually playing better. There's a big disconnect somewhere in here with Buffalo, and I don't want to be you know, a hater. Tell me the last time a team with a strong-armed quarterback, like one of the strongest, if not the strongest in the league, didn't throw the ball deep a lot. They just, they're just not doing Something's it. Something's going on. And yeah. um, you got a quarterback who can throw deep, but he's not. you got a defensive coach. Listen, I, I Buffalo fans, I don't know where they are on McDermott, but if you're asking me what the problem is right now, I think it's a head coach, Colin. And I know that sounds kind of harsh. No, I, we, we said it earlier this week. And I there's a guy named Chuck Knox who coached in Buffalo and Los Angeles. Um, and Buffalo, Los Angeles, somewhere. I'm missing one of his teams. And Chuck was the great organizer. Seahawks. My Seahawks. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he was the great organizer. He would take a mess and clean it up. But he, he wasn't a vision guy. He was super conservative. And then ultimately, it wouldn't work because he would hit a ceiling. Marty Schottenheimer had this. Marty was a cleanup specialist. <laughs> clean it up, get you physical, win games. But he'd hit a ceiling. There's a difference between the most organized kid in the family and the creative. Andy Reid does both. Jimmy Johnson did both. That's why they're Hall of Famers. Most coaches are either the creative or the organizer. And I think I think the latter is what McDermott is, and I don't see a lot of vision here. I think I think we've kind of hit a ceiling on what he does. And what he does, Sean McDermott should have a job for life. He could go to he could go to any bad organization and clean it up, and they'd be good within a year. 
But again, when you get Josh Allen, our expectations are yeah. not, hey, it's cleaned up around here. It's let's let's we want to we want what the Chiefs are getting. How's this analogy? It's not as good as the Bruce Wayne one from uh, Clack. You're the head coach of this team. I'm the offensive coordinator. I'm the day bowl offensive coordinator. I'm yeah. going to be coming out with hot takes. We're going to be firing Cowherd. We might get in some trouble, some risking, some risky stuff, but we're doing it here on the show. And you're the one telling me, hey, we need to dial it down sometimes. But here's the thing. You're not doing that. You're letting me cook over here, right? Right, right. I'm cooking. Yeah. And that's why we're cooking. Yeah. Okay. We are cooking. thought I'd get that out. But I, but <laughs> I, I, I do think McDermott is a... Let's slow down right. here, guys. You can't have that. You can't well, put the brakes on. As you pointed out yesterday, Day Bull and Sean didn't know a CI to eye. Yeah. Final story, NBA. Oh, boy. Here we go with a list in the NBA. Victor Wembenyama, man. He, we know he's dominating. In New York tonight. In New, Yeah, there's a must-see game tonight. Um, he's been very, very good. Uh, there was a recent poll about um, prospects. Are you ready for this? NBA 25 and under. Age. Okay. Number one, Luka Doncic. Number two, Anthony Edwards. Number three, Wembenyama. Four, Halliburton. Five, Ja Morant. First of all, not a GM in the league would take Anthony Edwards today over Wemby. This is crazy. I don't know. Now, and for the record, I would take Wemby over Luka because Luka doesn't give me anything, anything on the defensive end. I get the elite rim protector in the league, potentially, against the guy who doesn't play defense. I'm taking Wemby. Yeah, I I mean, the guy's, he's unbelievable. Every GM in the league would take Wemby one, except the guy in Dallas who has to, you know, play nice. You know Luka's my guy. I'm a huge, my my favorite players in the league, Curry, Luka slash LeBron. Wembenyama's like right up there, man. And and, and given what he's doing at his age, he has to be number one on this list. Now, Luka has been to a conference finals already. No, Luka's great. There's nothing wrong being the second best golfer in the world to Tiger Woods in his prime (laughs) or the second best quarterback to Brady in his prime. Luca should be number two on this list, Wemby one. And Luca's a great two. By the way, I bit my tongue yesterday when you talked about European players not wanting to uh, to leave. They're f- happy with where they go. Let's keep an eye on Luca, okay? I'm just, just keep an eye on him. If they keep regressing and this Kyrie thing doesn't work no. out, now they look awesome this season. I don't think he's long for that. That'd just be my my take. He wants to win. This guy's seriously competitor. Well, I don't think he's going to be content. Kept- even Giannis, even Giannis. Was like, I'm not signing an extension. Get me somebody, and he gets Dane. Well, so. he got he got Americanized. Giannis now swears. <laughs> uh, seriously, he's the sweetest kid in the world. Now he's he's got a little he's a little more coarse and rough, which I like. And uh, he'll he'll you know drop the old bomb once in a while. And he made a demand for Dane. Let the expletives fly. Yeah, J Mac with the news. Good stuff today. Uh, Logan Ryan, two-time Super Bowl champ, one of the smartest guys in the league, is going to be joining us around the corner. Two down, one to go. Flying by live in LA. It's the herd. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The second season of El Flow is here. Step into the ever-evolving world of reggaeton and get up close with both legendary figures and emerging talents in the industry. Part of the enormous significance of reggaeton is really the way in which personal narratives connect to larger things going on historically and socially. 
Listen to El Flow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.